a podcast about all things St. Pete, hosted by the one and only St. Pete is Super Cool. As always, this is Sudabe, and I'm with Matthew from Pixel Sticks. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm great. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Uh, this is super exciting because I see these all over the place, and I have a basic understanding about what it is, so it's going to be exciting to dive a little bit deeper into it. So how, where did you get the idea for Pixel Sticks, and how did it start? Before I dive into that, I just want to thank Janae for letting us use her office. Janae, if you're listening to this, I appreciate it. We're having a great time. It's a beautiful office. It's beautiful. The whole spot's pretty cool. That's it is really neat. cool. Um, so thank you. Um, so how, where did Pixel Sticks come from? Um, it, it's actually surprising. It began with a road trip I took with my youngest daughter back in 2015. And we visited nine national parks all over the country. It was about two or three weeks, so it was kind of like blindingly fast. And when we got back, we had assembled this uh, photo album with all these pictures and dirt samples from like Oregon and, um, you know, Kentucky and Arizona. And we would share the photo album with family. And every time we busted it out, there were always memories that were recorded on our phones that went with almost every single picture. My daughter and I both would have to, like, it was this distracting process of finding the video on a Facebook feed or in your phone. At one time she lost her phone, so that eliminated all those videos. So, so it really began as a way to try and solve that problem, which is what's the simplest and easiest way to put videos that are on our phone physically into the photo album mm -hmm. so that as we're sharing the photos, anyone who has a phone can see the video by touching it. And it's just right? easier. It's just easier. Yeah. Yeah. So and it prevented us from being distracted. So we didn't have to we didn't have to exchange what you normally have to exchange, which is in order to have access to all this media, you've got to have an extracting social media experience to pull it up. Mm -hmm. Right? We wanted to eliminate that because um, well, I mean we were sharing the photo album with family. Yeah. That was important. Yeah. You know, and the memories were important. So that's really how that began. Um, and once we had that kind of built, um, you know, murals and art just became a use for that. Nice. I think it's the perfect use for that because there's so many murals and it's sometimes a little hard to keep track of them all. Yeah. Yeah. St. Pete's got a lot. I mean, St. Pete has 700 murals in like a three or four mile radius. Yeah. Um, and I've traveled all over the place and there are varying degrees of pockets of murals, but um, St. Pete definitely has a lot of murals. Oh yeah, we'll, we'll drive around I'll be like, oh, that one looks new, did we get that one? He's like, yeah, we already got that one. And I'm like, oh my goodness. I was like, I, I can't keep track of them all in my head. So this has been great. Um, how did you get the name Pixel Sticks? I've come up with that name. Um, but originally, and I don't think I've ever talked about this, but originally we it was based on the name Pixie Sticks. Okay. Pixie, Pixie Sticks. Yeah. Right? And we had originally thought that, again, because this was for family memories, we had thought that this was going to be something that a younger demographic was going to be using. And in my kind of like, in my mind, I had mistakenly thought that everyone under the age of 20 was uploading videos to YouTube and they would be able to use this to just, you know, they would have the videos on YouTube that they uploaded. I don't know why I thought that. And they would use Pixie Sticks, right? Um, or pixel sticks mm -hmm. based on that to go ahead and upload videos into their journals or their yearbooks or anything like that. But I come to find out that, um, you know, they weren't uploading videos to YouTube. And uh, this became one of the primary ways that people ha were uploading videos after that. Nice. You know? And then just explain to us a little bit more sticks works in the sense of like, the murals and people being able to like kind of find out more information about the murals in the city. Great. Okay. So the way Pixel Sticks works specifically for murals, okay, is it serves, well, it's an app, first of all. Mm -hmm. So there's the Pixel Sticks app. And inside of the app, you have maps that show you where the different, um, where the different plaques are. So for our viewers at home, I'm holding up one of our, one of our uh, plaques. And the the app and the series of maps inside of it are showing you where each one of these are right and they're very smart so they communicate to the system where they're at and once you get to the mural 
you're able to actually find out information about the mural by doing what we call a map tap, which is where you finger tap on the P in the map, or you can touch your phone to the plaque and it will give you everything about the artist. Now the information on the plaque is mostly, that's the interesting part. Some upload their own content to their plaques. Mm -hmm. They'll do a time lapse of the P, so they'll, um, or they'll have a video, or they'll just do a quick little 30 second intro to who they are, and then they'll upload that into their plaque. Some organizations like Shine, or the Flint Public Art Project, or um, the Beauty and Brawn Gallery out in Chicago, they have a much more curated and formal set of content they want to have. Um, so each of the Shine plaques have a web page with a docent narration built into it, which is super cool because yeah. You can listen to that while you're looking at the mural. Yeah. Yeah. So let me see if I covered everything. So there's an app. Yep. Right? And people use the app to find the murals and interact with them. Yeah. The artists use the app to actually put content into their plaques, right? Mm -hmm. And then there is an entire analytics backend that is, um, that is used by mural organizations like Shine to create a sustainability in the arts community to say... This is where these are the murals. This is the traffic. We ran the, you know, the the drive-in mural theater, and we saw all this activity, and they're able to get more support and um, grants, frankly, from those analytics. So those are the three major components of the system. Okay, let's dive into that then a little bit um, more. Then, in a sense, is how Pixel Sticks supports the like the local community and the economy within the range of like these artists mm -hmm. because like with these metrics you obviously shines able to see like which murals are really popular how many times people are going to the murals mm -hmm. um but in a sense like how are artists able to see um how people are like interacting with their stuff so i'm gonna read i'm gonna read this little excerpt this in Janae's office and it says an artist is not paid for his labor but for his vision mm -hmm. And I will never forget a conversation I had with Derek Donnelly and Zulu. So I was having a conversation with them when we had just hit a couple of initial milestones in using our technology for murals. And I, this is also a great time to say like, I'm not in the arts world. I'm a technologist that built technology and I have been kind of thrust into the art world yeah. because people are now using it. It's, it's become this answer to what I've come to find are really big problems in, you know, the mural arts movement, which is, from my perspective, a the next art movement of our time. Mm -hmm. It looks very different than any other art movement because you can't put it inside the gallery. Yeah, it's it's a very there's there's countercultural roots. Um, it's not a beast you can capture into a cage. It's a different movement. Yeah, but it's substantial and it's big and it's happening all over. So there have been a lot of problems that our technology has solved. So we've kind of become like in the art scene just because you know, our technology is being useful. Yeah. So so I was learning about the art scene and having this conversation with Zulu and Derek and it was so eye-opening because it was really cold and we were outside of Cycle Brewery, I think. And, um, and just, you know, being from the corporate world, I kind of thought that muralists were being compensated in a residual way because yeah. I know how much companies spend to bring foot traffic to businesses, yeah. right? And then to learn in those conversations, like your mural is bringing so much, so much attention, so much value. Mm -hmm. It's literally one of the reasons people come to this area. Yeah. And you're getting paid less than the company that did the exterior lights for the building. Yep. Right? So. <clears throat> that is what really kicked off this this awareness in this pursuit of, well, I come from a huge sustainability background. I farmed for many years in Asheville and Black Mountain, and we build sustainable systems. As a matter of fact, there's a previous version of this technology called RIMSI, which was the Renewable Energy Monitoring Consortium, and it was a collection of engineers on the farm in the eco-village, and we built technology to monitor farm systems. It was kind of one of the main earlier permutations of what led to this technology. Um, so when I cracked open the, the, the photo album problem with my daughter, I was already halfway there. Cause I had yeah. this, you know. Anyway, point being, um, 
sustainability and how to figure out how to build sustainability into those relationships that artists have with the community and with the business owners became a huge pursuit of ours. And we figured out that data was the main missing component. Um, if you have a traditional gallery, which almost all galleries are, if you have a traditional gallery, you have art contained within walls. And within those walls, you have a person that knows how many people are coming into the gallery. If they're hungry, they go to the cafe. If they want to buy a trinket because they feel like so inspired by what they saw, they go to the gift shop. It's all self-contained within this, this kind of like insulated economic system where you can measure the impact of whatever activity. If you've done marketing, you've done advertising, you measure the, the amount of money you've made in your gallery and then you can make decisions based on that. Um, as as large and legitimate as the mural arts movement is, you can't track it, it doesn't have can. that ability for the sustainability and the reciprocity and the awareness of where the money is being spent. We know people are coming to check out murals, but where are they spending their money? So that's what we figured out. And that's what people all over the world and all over the country specifically are really excited about is using our system to then understand. Here's a great case. Um, you know, after a pandemic, we want to figure out how to revitalize the economic area of downtown. Okay. Anyone involved in murals knows that the ten or twenty thousand dollars it would take to put ten or fifteen murals in the city would would be the solution for that. It would bring people in mass to the downtown area. The problem is, is that everyone involved in the local economics that's comparing the actual options of how to bring people back into our area to revitalize our economic downtown spaces, they don't have any quantitative data to measure that up against the other options. Smart light posts, you know, I don't know why smart light post is a solution, but you know, trolley improvements, like those are coming with, with, with quantitative data that the, that the city planners can compare options against. It's gonna achieve these numbers, it's gonna cost this much. So this stuff will pretty much allow data to be collected that's going to show these city planners, this is what the murals do for our city. Here are the numbers that you want. Yes, exactly. And, and but, but more specifically, in more grand, in a more granular level, the artists have access to the exact same data. Mm -hmm. um, let's take Zulu for instance. So Zulu has contributed to the Shine mural organization many times, mm -hmm. right? When Shine looks at their view of the Pixel Six system, they see their gallery, all hundred plus murals, all of the analytics. Zulu can log into the system and see all of the data for his murals, even the ones that he's contributed up in Flint here in St. Pete, up in Kansas City. Mm -hmm. So he, he has access and empowerment to then take that data and say, here is the value that I'm bringing. Yeah. And when mural arts organizations like Shine run marketing campaigns like the Dragon Drag Queen Scavenger Hunt, like the Drive-In Mural Theater, when those incorporate uh, Zulu's pieces, his metrics go up. So he has the benefit because his piece was a part of that celebration of art, right? So it's it's that that was our solution for uh, the sustainability problem in the mural arts movement, and essentially establishing a way that you know you can you, you can nourish the soil that you grow from. Yeah. Essentially, right? We look at the mural arts scene here in St. Pete, and we see all this energy and all this excitement to like like the, when you when you when you look at just how far the muralist on the 600 block took this movement mm -hmm. from just that 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 initial art heart spark whatever you want to call it um it's like how are we going to put gas back at our art tank right yeah got to have sustainability so that we can show that this is a viable option to smart street posts and trolleys i'm a very firm believer that it was the artists of the cities the city who really helped blow up downtown St. Pete. I agree. Because I've been here my whole life. You know, I grew up here. I was born here. And when I was a kid, I didn't go to downtown St. Pete. Yeah. I, one, wasn't allowed. I've said that quite a few times. But I wasn't really allowed. It wasn't the safest area. And there was nothing here. Um, 
downtown has grown. You have any idea how much our rent is down there now? Yeah, like it's it's insane. Right. Downtown has grown increasingly over the past five years, and I really think it is is because of all of the art, you know, and it's these artists who are like mm-hmm. putting these amazing works on these walls that draw in tons yeah. and tons of people. Well, and we, we wrote a paper about this a while ago, and it caused us to kind of also op- open open our perspective a little bit more into other communities, and this goes into interesting directions in Flint, where Flint um, is using art as a legitimate mechanism for building healthier communities. So they're using our system and other analytics, like violent crimes, to show the actual correlation of the reduction of violent crimes and the presence of public art. Never been done before. It's amazing. It allows them, it opens up door doors and pathways into grant funding yeah. because they're showing it's not just a subjective qualitative measurement, like here's the data. It's actually happening, right? People who have been involved in it always have known that, mm-hmm. but you can't convey it in data. It doesn't yeah. it doesn't it doesn't stack up. Yeah. So there's like just quick question here. What in a sense is the numbers of where public art is and the fact that it like reduces crime in those areas? Because that's pretty big too. It is big. You know. Um, and it, it boils down to the simple the simple fact that people who would commit violent crimes are a lot less likely to do so when there are other people in that area. Cars, foot traffic, whatever. Right? Um, now here in St. Pete that's not as much of a consideration for us. No. Um, you know, we look at murals in a, in a different way and it serves a different purpose. Mm-hmm. And it's, there's no wrong answer there. Um, but we were thrilled beyond belief to be involved in that type of measurement of a community's health. Um, suicide awareness. Um, there is, our technology is being embedded inside of walls that celebrate and commemorate the past because of suicide. So it becomes a commemorative public piece that holds the, just like my daughter's photo album and our photo album have mm-hmm. held those memories it holds the memories and allows people to contribute their memories of that person when they were alive right or even their own experience so um yeah i don't mean to diverge too much but but that's another exciting way that the technology is being used no that's you know? great yeah because you know when i first initially like was introduced to pixel sticks i just in a sense thought oh murals and, and cool content and stuff and then to hear that it's doing more work than that just that is mm-hmm. awesome because those are all big things that need big solutions mm-hmm. you know um but going just a little bit you know um to nice fluffy questions in a sense yeah. is who is the first artist that you worked with well, there are two answers to that. So the first artist here locally that I worked with was Chad Mize. Okay. And Chad Mize, um, I had approached him, and he was involved in Shine and knew that Shine had already been painstakingly creating web pages and doing a wonderful job. Uh, they had a playwright on staff that was actually writing up these amazing pieces that described it. And then they were hiring a voice actress to record the writing, right? So you had this amazing online experience. So Chad and I were in a studio and it was like, connect the dots, man. Like we can put that audio docent experience on the actual plaques so that you can look at the mural and listen to someone do a legitimate art analysis of it. Um, so I mean, that was years ago now, it was two, two or three years ago, um, but, but that is still when people come to St. Pete and they see that, they see what we've created in that experience, mm-hmm. they're blown away. Yeah. Because it doesn't exist anywhere. No. It does it now, doesn't. but it, 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 it existed here first for sure. Now the other half to that question is um, is really pivotal. The, the the moment in time that I that I thought of using this is before I reached out to Chad Mize, I was walking um, down south on MLK. There's a series of murals that um, that we call the Broke Neck series. And the Broke Neck series are the murals that face the wrong way on one ways, right? And you don't really see them mm-hmm. unless you you know, are looking the wrong way when you're driving or you happen to be walking. I was walking down MLK one, um, one day and I came across a Lauren YS piece. If you don't know her, she's the squid licker. Yes. She's okay. So, 
it's a massive mural. And because I had never visually seen it when I was driving, I was kind of taken by it. Like, who made this amazing Beetlejuice-esque underwater scene? You know, what is this? And who made it? And what's the story behind it? And I had already created the technology, and that was kind of the, the synaptical moment of like, okay, this is a good use of the tool that I built. This is something that I could put into this mural so that other people can learn about the yeah. things that are, I, I find important. So, yeah. She does some, like, large, wild pieces. I just saw her piece in Kansas City that she had done with Spray Simo, mm -hmm. and it is just so amazing. So, yeah. so, so amazing. We did a trip down to Kansas City, like, a month or two ago, and just holy, it's the closest I feel like I can get to like the vibe that we have here with our murals. I was there in early May. We must, we must have just crossed paths. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But it, I mean, yeah, it was just the murals down there are like insane. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. And you can now find the two Zulu pieces mm -hmm. with pixel sticks. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so. we, we saw the one of that Zulu did of Janelle Monet. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that yeah. right, but. Um, I think I think so. I, I, I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> but we, we posted that on social media this morning because that yeah. was one of those we had plaqued. Yeah. And we worked with that crew, and that, you know, what's amazing is because of Sebastian Coolidge. Now, mm -hmm. what I understand is that, that Seabass used to live there. Yeah. And there's been this kind of like the secret portal that he found somewhere in St. Pete that opens up into Kansas City, and he has just been ushering in all his friends through that portal. And you will see so many St. Pete names in Kansas City. And it's that, that, that's what turned us on to Kansas City. We're like, all of our friends are there. Yeah. Oh, no. I loved walking through there and seeing people that I, like, was just, like, learning about. I didn't realize, you know, these people were doing mirrorless. And then seeing, like, people, I'm like, oh, my God, they're, like, they're from our hometown city. Like, oh, like it was, like, you know, home. Home away from home. Yeah. Um, but did Pixel Sticks start in St. Pete? It did. Absolutely. Absolutely. Its roots are, um, its roots are definitely the Shine murals. That's our first relationship. And Black Crow and Old Northeast. Nice. There were many, many mornings of programming and, and putting pixel sticks up and up and. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, another version, another, another fun use of our technology is that people put them on postcards and they'll send a handwritten postcard with videos on them. So much so that we actually have metered pixel stick stamps now. They're already stamps. They're you can put them on a postcard, and the technology is already embedded in them. I love that so much because I just got a bunch of postcards from Ricky Watts. Yeah, fun. And, like, that's only – and I'm like, they're going to be birthday cards from now on. And that's <laughs> – oh, man, I'm going to have to try that, actually. Um, the birthday gifts I could give. Um, and then how many cities is Pixel Sticks in now? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so let's go through them. Um, St. Pete and Tampa, um, Miami and Fort Lauderdale um, – Gainesville, um, New Orleans, Austin, Oklahoma City, Kansas City, um, Chicago, big is going off big time, um, Kalamazoo, Flint, Michigan, Toledo. Um, I'm sure I missed a couple there, but that's you've been really busy though. Oh, we've been hustling. And you've only been doing this for three years, you said? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. we've been hustling, and and that that's really just us getting started. So. Um, we, you know, at this point that we're at, like we've, the, the technology has been built for those three years and it's been, it's been different levels of maturity and getting it ready. And we, with this last update to the app that we made in May, we are finally there and at enough of a milestone in combination with all of these amazing relationships that we've made in the mural arts community, community that, um, we're ready to we're ready to take off. Like we have, we're doing a raise right now, doing a small friends and family raise where we are launching a Florida pilot where we're going to be taking this across like 500 to 1,000 murals in Florida, and we're doing that very strategically where we're going to be actually learning a lot while we do that. And the reason we're doing that mostly is we're going to be using that as the basis for the conversation of okay looking for a lot more money and we want to do this across the country so 
we um, we're we're now positioned to completely legitimize the mural arts movement with this gallery experience and in each community that we go into. So just to give you the scale, it's going to be ten to twenty thousand murals across the country that will have this technology, and every single one of those communities is going to have the tools to then know how to create sustainability in their mural arts organizations, right? So you create not only the proliferation of the tech and the ability for anyone visiting any one of those cities to be able to see where the murals are, but every one of those communities, all 300 plus of them, are going to be able to use murals as a sustainable element in their economy. And that's just that that legitimizes it at a next at the next level. Yeah, I think it creates a lot more money for the communities and a lot more money for the artists who are working within those communities. Yeah. Too, which is you know great. I think the artists need to get paid more. Yeah, I mean, I I I talk to investors all the time, and I, I tell them you know of all the things that we have, the technology, our intellectual property. One of our most valued assets are the relationships with the street art community. Mm-hmm. It's it has we cherish it so much, and you know, and the commitment and the relationship we have with Derek Donnelly and Zulu and um, Art by James E mm-hmm. and you know Leo and Shine and and all everyone in the community here um, is such a valuable thing, and you know they're they're the ones that that you know we want to really support and see yeah. successful because we see them put heart and soul into their work and this idea that artists need to be poor like no i'm busting that out yeah no way no i agree with you like just even think about how hot florida is especially during like these months and they're out there in like the hot sun like jennifer kasherik almost died yeah recently where she fell off her ladder yeah like just think about you know like they yeah there's like a lot of you don't think there's a lot of risk involved for them but like there there is there's a lot of risk absolutely yeah Absolutely. You know, the hot sun, falling off a ladder, you know, some of these people who like so, I would never ever get as high mm-hmm. as some of these artists do. And I'm not scared of heights. Mm-hmm. I just don't like to tempt fate. Right. And they're up there, you know, right. super high. Right. Um, what has been your proudest achievement since starting Pixel 6? Mm. You know, um, there's this proudest achievement. Um, is more difficult than than just what I love to see. I, I love I love presenting this technology to people and showing them um, what it can do, and then to watch them and their brain start to expand and eat up the room. Like it just is amazing. I had um, I had a lady at one of our workshops. This was so OG, man. She 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 was the only one at the workshop. We were just getting her name out there. We were doing a workshop at um, the Morian, and she found out that she could take voicemails from her grandchildren and put them on her picture frame. And her husband had just had a heart attack, so you know she wanted to make that for him at his bedside, where anytime he wanted to, he could just take out his phone and listen to them talk to him, mm-hmm. right? And to watch her like just like you know unable to talk with the tears mm-hmm. because she could put a voicemail on a picture frame yeah. like that shit feels good yeah it feels good like it feels good in a deep deep place so um i don't think i'll ever find a technology pursuit and this has been my life like i'm a technologist for 25 years i've been you know putting zeros and ones in the right order right um but I will never find a pursuit that is more rewarding than this project, you know? And it's for people like that, that now have voicemails of their kids on their picture frames, you know? Ugh. Yeah. So I guess that, that ties in, in a sense next to my next question is like how, cause I know you have like the plaques for the artists, but mm-hmm. you also have like these like little stickers, like you said that you can put on postcards and things like that. And just put memories for just like regular consumers. Mm-hmm. How does that work for someone like me who's just a regular consumer? Uh, you go online and just buy some. Yeah. They're five bucks a piece. And um, and when you get it, it's blank. And uh, you literally will touch your phone to it. You'll touch your phone to it. And because there's nothing on it, it knows that no one has put content on it yet. So it lets you put content on it. And once you do that, it knows that you own it. Only you own it. Anyone else that touches their phone to it will see the content you put on it. 
but you have the ability to maintain and manage and update it and do whatever you want with it, right? So it literally becomes like just a little, a little vehicle for, for, for videos or websites or, or images, whatever you want, you know? And then, well, the per, like, so like, say for instance, like for me, like if I wanted to like give that to my mother as a gift on something, would she need the app mm -hmm. to get that content? Yes. Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. I'd probably have to help her download that app. <laughs> Yeah, we'd probably have to clear a little bit of room in our phone. Um, but leave. But I want to say. But before we go on, leaving them blank is a thing. There are street artists, so there. We'll get into the conversation, I'm sure. But there are versions of our technology, so we make these plaques because we want people to find where to interact with mm -hmm. them to learn about it. But there are versions of our technology that are, that are really small, and artists figured out that they can use liquid nails to embed them into the wall itself. Um, think of the I Voted John Gascott mural. Uh -huh. They'll embed them into the wall themselves and they'll paint over it. And then it's up to the artist for how much they want it to be an obscure feature or an obvious feature. They paint there. And some artists leave them blank. And they want you to find them and they want you to leave digital graffiti there. And that's a thing. More in the Eastern Bloc than, than here, but it's a thing. But that's cool because you, in a sense, could kind of like leave them all over the place and kind of let people just mm -hmm. like leave their own little artwork on it. And could Absolutely. like, would only one person be able to do that? Or would it be like kind of like multiple people could touch it and then leave something? That once that one pixel sticks is, once the content is assigned to it, that person walks away and they're the owner of that content. They are the only one that can ever come back and replace it. You can leave your like favorite artist like a little message. Yeah. So so that that's that's generally the idea of our scavenger hunts. We had that ability, and then we learned well. People are starting to put these in geographic places, and the murals are showing up all over the place. Let's build the ability for people to add the the location of where they're doing that onto a map. And once they do that, they use the app to do it. So you assign content and then you interact with it and you say, add it to my map. And then whatever your gallery name is, your gallery name can be anything. You create your own gallery. Um, that physical location shows up in the app under that gallery for people to find. And that is essentially how people are creating scavenger hunts all over the country now. They're able to self-curate their own scavenger hunt. I love that because I love a good scavenger hunt. That's and fun. is that how you're doing the uh, drag queen scavenger hunt? Is you're just leaving? Oh, a little... it's a little different. That's gonna be okay. a little different. That's that's a lot more polished. We have a okay. we have such a surprise for St. Pete. I'm actually programming. I'm putting the finishing touches on that this weekend, and I'm kind of giddy because we haven't yet. It's that it's that part in the development process where it's about to get birthed. Like it isn't. Mm -hmm. It's here. And it's in my team, like we know it and we mm -hmm. conceptually know it and the design of it has all been talked about with Sean and St. Pete Pride and Matthew McGee has contributed content. So it's been an intellectual baby at this point. It's about to be born, like it's about to actually exist. And when that happens, it's going to feel and see, be so amazing. So, know? and when is that going to be launching soon? Yes, the, the, um, the, the scavenger hunt, I think, is the 12th the 19th. Okay. So it's a specific week during Pride. Um, and it's a specific week during Pride where people are celebrating the arts mm -hmm. and they can use the scavenger hunt to explore the murals. I love that. It's fun. It's really fun. Um, yeah, your, your fairy drag mother is going to have a series of clues for you. And you are going to have to, and it's not easy, by the way. It's not easy. So a little, a little, but my, my point is that it's, it's, my team is meeting up after we birth this baby, my team is meeting up to evaluate just how easy or difficult it's, it's going to be. And we're thinking of putting Easter eggs throughout the city to kind of either give you tips or give you clues. But, um, so we're in the process of figuring out ways to use our technology to make it more fun, right? I like that. 
Yeah. I love a good scavenger hunt. We had a family yeah. friend who I think like once a year like put on this large, huge scavenger hunt. Yeah. And we we did it for we participated in it, I'd say, like, a couple of times. But it was fun. It was a great time. And what's your favorite part? Is it the prizes? Is the adventure? Like, what's... I think it's just, like, the adventure. And just, like, the kind of, like, you know, like, you know, she had, like, crazy tasks that you had to do and stuff like that, you know. And she does, too. Yeah. And so I think that's just, like, it's just fun and it's just something to do, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, I'm not, like, a, cra- like, you know, crazy adventurous person, but I like to dabble in those yeah. every now and again yeah. um, through the safety of scavenger hunts yeah that's fun yeah i think i think i think um the uh the fairy drag mother is also doing at each at each mural you'll basically have a challenge right so there are all these teams that are registered to do this thing and you're going to see saint pete getting taken over by these teams of people that are like they're not in a cluster like they're they're all over like they're gonna be, be challenged um but at each stop, you're going to be getting a challenge to do on social media, and then you're getting a cryptic clue to tell you how to find the next mural, right? And do you have to, like, register beforehand, or can really anyone? Okay. You go to the stpartalliance.org webpage slash pride. Okay. That's how you can register. I might have to think about doing that. Yeah. Something to do. It's something to do for sure. I'll drag my friends out and I'll be like, you you'll, have to, you have to hang out with me now. I need some attention. Out. Is that we're, what we'll do? Yeah, we're going to drag them out. To drag them out. I'll give them fun wigs too. So part of our instructions are to um, tap, you You open the app, you tap the P and you touch a plaque. That's what you do. There's a big P in our app. So you just, you open the app, you tap the P, you touch a plaque. Yeah. Matthew McGee was just so loving those instructions. He's like, tap that P. <laughs> Like, I think I think I think he's even I think we even we even have him in one of the one of the videos or the intro. He's he's you know entertaining himself with that with that part of our directions. As a matter of fact, they even changed the plaque. I'm looking at the plaque and the instructions are open pixel sticks. The instructions are supposed to be tap the P. They put tap that P. I love that. All right. You know, it's pride. We have to have some fun to begin. <laughs> So how can artists, because I was like just looking through some things that you had posted on social media and stuff like that, and how can artists go about adding their own artwork to the Pixel Sticks app and their own content to the Pixel Sticks app? So, yeah, so the, the main way that they can do it, and we've spent a lot of time and there's been a lot of, a lot of development hours spent in perfecting this. What we really wanted to do, this is one of the things we learned. I talked to you about these back-end analytics systems, mm-hmm. and those are great. And for you know the the artists out there that really want to, to to they really want to develop that reciprocity, and they study the tea leaves, they use that. But um, the act of making murals and making street art does not. I didn't want to create something that laboriously tasked people with having to log into something in order to get their content on our platform. I wanted everything self-contained. Um, I have some artists that won't be named that are in the Eastern Block, and they use our technology for people to find pieces that aren't so commissioned. I'm doing air quotes, okay? And by Eastern Block, I mean like Europe Eastern Block, right? Because this technology works anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were like, "Listen, here's the deal, man. I I need to put in my piece." I need to put my content on the piece, I need to add it to a map, and I need to run away quick. So can you help me out? So we've developed so we use that as kind of our high bar for like let's develop technology that allows the artist to do everything they need to do. They not only can they can self-curate their own gallery no matter where they are. So if you're a muralist and you're because keep in mind that they they visit a lot of places. Oh, yeah. Have you ever heard of Muckrock? Yes. She is all over the place. Oh, yeah. Hard to keep track of yes. her. Right? So artists like Muckrock are the ones that we had in mind where we wanted to create the ability when an artist puts content on their plaque, they then can interact with their plaque, and they can add. she can add her plaque's location to the Muckrock gallery and walk away, right, and be done with it. And there's nothing else she needs to do other than log in once in a while, if she cares to, to see the analytics of who's been looking at her pieces, right? So 
that's how artists can get onto the platform is they they either the organization that helped them or they themselves buy a plaque um, they put it on a piece and then they interact with it um, the other thing to say and this is brand new I've actually I've, I've talked to Donnelly about this and a couple of the curators I've not talked to anybody about this yet but um, we have about 400 artists in our network. We launched a thing called the Mural Network, and it's basically all of the galleries. So it's this weird way that the Shine Gallery and the Zulu Gallery and the Flint Public Art Gallery are intermixed, right? I could check out the Flint Public Art Gallery and see, oh, that piece got made by Zulu. I check out the Zulu Gallery, because I can click on that, and then I'm seeing, oh, wow, he did pieces in St. Pete, he did pieces in Kansas City. like. It's this interconnectedness of things. Um, it's like a mural social network almost. We call it the mural network. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's a that's a play in, in my in my geeky field of computer science. Think that the, the neural network is a thing. So we were just we thought we were so crafty. <laughs> the mural network is so the point in all that is to say is that we turned all of those online recently, right? So every single artist in the Pixel Stick system their name.pixelsticks.com is basically a web view version of where all their murals are, the different organizations they've contributed to, the different murals they've put up recently, and the recent interactions with their murals. So that, again, is a byproduct of just having a plaque. Muckrock puts her content up and boom, it's on her muckrock.pixelsticks.com profile. I love her stuff. She's like one of my favorites. But yeah, she's all over the place, man. All you can't, 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 we find her in Kansas City. Yeah. Just like, kind of like in this like little offshoot, not where you expected to really find anything, yeah. but we caught a glimpse of it. And I, I turned to my partner and I'm like, that's, that's Muck Rock right there. Yeah, I was, um, I was talking to Joe Scapani who runs the Flint Public Art Project. And he was sharing with me that Muck Rock was visiting and doing a piece for Flint. And, um, and he was really excited because um, she was doing a couple of her bunnies on his garage, right? And um, so anyway, I was talking to him, and, and, and he was so relieved when he went to the piece. He's like, oh my God, this is amazing. And he and I were talking about it like a day after she left. I got a call from Zulu later that day, and he's like, hey, Muckrock's in town. You want to hang out? And that, that was, that's my, that's my contribution to the story, the blur that is Muck Rock. We had, like, she left, like, bunnies and, like, near, like, on a trash can, like, and, and then it got covered over. And I'm like, dude, what the heck, man? Like, <laughs> those things are awesome. Leave them be. I like, know. no one's coming down this alley that's not going to be mad that they're seeing this. Like, I, I was so mad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, how do you maintain, um, the ability to, in a sense continuously do this and put these plaques on and continue to support the the artist doing this well uh, my career helped out a lot in that um, in my career life I'm what's called a solutions architect so automation is kind of my thing like like building the systems that serve a purpose yes building the systems that serve themselves so that I get to play more of a of a high, high level, just monitoring role and that way the thing works is what is what I'm really good at. So, um, but with that said, I'm also not the only technologist, right? So um, I've built some of the systems, the, a lot of the systems, probably half of the technology has been built by uh, James, who is mm -hmm. the, the co-creator, right? Yes. Um, everything people use when they use Pixel 6 on an Android, or they use Pixel 6 on an iPhone, that's that's James. So it's been a collaborative effort in kind of like managing the software production of our systems, right? Um, James also abstracted everything in 2020 into an API. And that is kind of next level because what that's allowed us to do is the fundamental the fundamental universe of how Pixel Sticks works and the database and the way it thinks can now be removed from the way it looks and the things that, like for instance, and people are um, already doing this, people can build their own apps that use the Pixel Sticks data to do different things.
people can build websites. The, 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 the profile that I talked about, muckrock.pixelsticks.com, that is a web front end that uses the Pixelsticks system and the API layer that James built so that you have this decoupling of the back end and a front end. So it's, it's a really, like the rest of the world, the technology world is starting to now realize just how advanced we've made the mural arts technology. Um, and that's why we get called the street art science. And then what is next for Pixel Stick? What are your next plans, your next goals? Definitely, definitely this, this, this raise that we're in and this Florida pilot and, you know, figuring out, figuring out the exact way to use this technology for other cultural tourism as well as mural tourism. And then the next step after that is that we want to bring this all over the country we want to legitimize the mural arts movement um, as a movement, and we feel like uh, our the sustainability solutions that we have do exactly that. It gives the communities what they, it's such an interesting thing. Um, when I traveled around the country, so here we are in St. Pete, mm -hmm. right? We've got 300,000 people. Um, and I think we've already talked about whether it was on recording or not, we talked about how prolific art is here. Now, when I went to a large city like Austin or Chicago, I imagined that what we have here would be elevated to a level that matches the population, right? Chicago is like 1.2 million people or something. Um, I think Austin's six or 800,000 people. So I was fully expecting a much larger mural art scene and was so surprised to find in a lot of communities that's not the case. Nope. Um, so, so that's been really eye-opening. And you know, the, the, the sustainability of how to give the right, the right um, visibility into the contribution the artists are bringing a community and legitimately assigning their contribution, right? And saying like, listen, I'm a business. I made so, I made so many hundreds of thousands of dollars a year and I can see in the data the different ways that I brought people into my business. People use our analytics to see the foot traffic that is in front of a business because of the mural. So you can, that artist can now directly say like, listen, the business themselves can see it. They can, they have the economic, um, they have the economic justification to support that artist with just as much tender and finances as they would any other avenue that brings foot traffic. And that's going to change the relationship with artists and communities in a big way. Oh, yeah. St. Pete, as far as like the mural and the art scene goes, I was surprised, too, when because we did, we drove to Kansas City. So, you know, we stopped in like Tennessee and we stopped a few places and it's not, it's not the same. And mm -hmm. I expected it to be just like it was here. Mm -hmm. And I was really surprised when it wasn't. But I think St. Pete's a really good example of what other cities can can do with their artists and with their art scene. But it's also it's also an example of what's to come for other communities. Yeah. So a lot of communities are getting into this game. Oh yeah. Clearwater, our, our, our pals up north, mm -hmm. you know, they just had that DOS piece done. Yeah. Um, and, and they're starting to get, but they only have like 10 murals. Um, and they're gonna grow and it's gonna oh, get yeah. bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, Tampa, another great example of a large city that doesn't, that, that can't get the same amount of traction. Um, but my point is, is that is that because of the maturity St. Pete has in the mural arts movement, mm -hmm. they are uh, an indicator of what's to come from many communities, which is exactly what's going on in St. Pete. The the inertia that comes from the excitement of mural in their community is going to surge them into a direction forward. But they're gonna have to figure out a way to put gas back in that tank. Mm -hmm. They're gonna have to figure out that okay to make this sustainable, right? To get to 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 do more than just than just increase the real estate and the artists have to move away, we're going to have to figure out ways to work together so that we can nourish the artist and have them do what we love them to do more, right? So St. Pete's figuring that out right now, and and other community we're going to be there for those communities as they figure that out as well. And then, what events? 
would you like to see more in the community? Because, you know, we have Shine, you know, we have, you know, plenty of our markets. We have tons of events going on here. But what events would you like to see more in the community that supports local artists, can be utilized more for your product right here, and in a sense, uplift everyone in the community? I am really excited about the scavenger hunt layer that we're adding to our technology. I think that there's so many fun projects happening all over the country already, and we haven't even released it. Like, we haven't even... Like the first wave of them are coming out and the ideas are just over the top. Like like the this ability that people's creativity can now easily create uh, a hunting scenario, the ability for people who have knowledge about the murals to create their own tours um, and then you know somehow monetize that. Um, all of that's gonna come out of this. I'd love to see more events. I'd love to see, I'd love to see, I'd love to see the communities like the Edge District that have mm-hmm. a lot of murals. I'd love to see them host more events that that give people who are visiting the Edge or come to the Edge every month or every week, give them a format to on the regular interact with and learn with the murals. A mural scavenger hunt every month in the Edge District would be amazing. Um, I'd love to see that. I'd also love to see one of the things I loved about Kansas City. I don't know if you saw their uh, their graffiti spots. Yeah. I'd love to see more graph here. I agree. Yeah. I 100% agree with you. And and I, I learned from the Spray Simo people that they have like they have really legitimate parties and festivals in those alleys. Mm-hmm. You know, they throw DJs up on the roofs. And we went like, to one actually um, when we were down there, and it was actually really cool. But I was thinking too is what alleyways do we really have where that could be that that can be utilized because you know like the 600 block is an alley but it's covered with murals already it's taken it that spot's yeah 100% taken so, you know we got th- you know what spots in a sense could we could we give them um did you did you make it out to Oklahoma City no so I drove too so I I ended up I we have a lot of projects going on in Austin and Chicago and Oklahoma City and Kansas City were kind of on the way from Austin to Chicago. So I hit them both. And I was really impressed with what Oklahoma City is doing. Surprising art scene there. Right? Um, the Oklahoma Mural Syndicate and Plaza Walls are definitely a thing. Their format's different. They've taken a spot in the city, a cool spot in the city, and every year they wipe the same murals and do them over again. Right? So they, they activate and reactivate the same spot. And then they have a little store in that spot, right? And inside the store, you can buy you can buy all of the merchandise by the artists that are a part of the festival. You can buy all the prints from previous years. And it becomes like a little hub where people can just check, can just go in and check out what's going on and learn about the format of the festival. And um, I think I'd love to see something like that. I think Derek Donnelly has the potential in his space to be that center. I agree. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. 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 So I I would love to see more of that for sure. Yeah, I agree. That would be so cool. Mm Because they're, like, graffiti, in a sense, is, like, I think this subculture in art that kind of gets, like, crapped on a lot, you Uh know, just because of its background. But some of those pieces are so cool. You know, and I like I like kind of like the like more kind of like grunge city look to it. Oh yeah, I mean, um, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you sitting here and talking. You know, I wish Janae were here. She could contribute. She's she had she contributed so much to a video we were doing on this topic, and she had said, what did she say? She said, you know, walls are typically made to keep people out. And when you add, I think what she said essentially is when you add art to a wall, it's an invitation for people to be in that public space. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mic drop, that's amazing. And, you know, you know, uh, Flint Public Art Project, Joe Scapani would agree. Like, it is, it, it, it dissolves the socioeconomic idea that you have to have money in your pocket or you have to be dressed a certain way or educated to a certain level to have access to the beauty of art. It dispels it. Yeah. 
And it's one of the tenets of what makes this, in my opinion, a legitimate arts movement of the time, right? Because it is speaking to the dis disenfranchised. It is speaking to people that don't feel like they have access to that level of culture to go see a Monet, yeah. right? And it's in your face and it's four stories tall and it's quite frankly, a lot more beautiful than a Monet, right? I mean, if you've ever seen a Lauren Y.S. piece, like, you know, what's Monet got on that, right? I'm, yeah. I get, I'm not in the art scene, so I get to say things like that. No one's going to, you know, I'm not going to get my, my cute heel sliced or something like yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> my whole thing is, is like, because like my whole, I really love like literature and things like that. And, you know, you have that debate with like Shakespeare and all these like really, really older, dead uh, writers. Mm-hmm. You know, and we're kind of like still teaching them over and over and over mm -hmm. again to a generation that is so far removed from it and frankly does not care. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, we have so many amazing writers now and so many amazing creators now mm -hmm. that you can give these, these, this younger generation the same impact, Yeah. you know, and bring something fresh and new into it. It's the same with art, you know? I tell you, it's so true. Like, um, but, like all of those old uh, creators were great, mm -hmm. and they, you know, were the foundation to what we have today. But like, you know, I think Derek Donnelly, Zulu, I bombs, you know, like even Sebastian Coolidge, like they're gonna have more of an impact on the younger generation of artists mm -hmm. than Dolly does, because mm -hmm. like they're like they're per they're perfect examples of. You can make it as an artist. You can have a successful career and happy career as an artist. Mm -hmm. You know, and so. And this idea, this idea that that, this idea that 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 beauty is only accessible to people that have the right to be to behold it. Like I, so so just to give you a little bit of my background. So being a technology career for twenty five years as a solutions architect and a software engineer. I played a huge role in the open source software movement. And from the computer science arena, the open source movement is akin to the neural arts movement in that it was, it was a response to the idea that software, beneficial software that does good in the world is only accessible to people who pay the license fee, mm -hmm. who have the money to afford it, right? You know, you have Linus came around and they developed Linux far better than any operating system ever, right? And he gave it away for free. And that created this entire wave of people shifting the dialogue and the mentality around software. And all of a sudden people realized it feels, it feels far better to build something beneficial to the world and give it to people than it does to have some small avenue to make a few licensing dollars. The mural arts movement, at least from my perspective, it's similar and it's one of the reasons that I'm so attached to it is that it's a similar approach where it's like we're not going to we're not going to we're not going to only let people who have paid admission to the gallery have access to this beauty. Mm -hmm. We're going to we're going to put it in front of your face. It's going to be there for anyone to experience, right? And it's going to be far more exciting and invigorating and culturally relevant and expressive than those pieces and frames that are 300 years old in the gallery. Yeah. I, I love that. Love it. I'll eat that burger all day long. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. How can we as a community support you more? Um, honestly, I think, I think the best way that you can support us and the artists, by the way, mm -hmm. this is a, this is a, a tie in question is, and this is some of this is some of why what we built was so cool, is that if you go out there and explore the murals in your town and you learn about the artists, the people that made that work happen, that interest and that data allows them to reach their goals because they're able to take that data and show the parties involved that their work is doing good in the community. Yeah. So by people enjoying artists, they are supporting the the, they are actually they are actually supporting the artist, they're supporting the organizations, and they're supporting us, right? So all you gotta do is download a free app and go check out art. That doesn't sound hard at all. That's all I can ask. You know? Yeah. So with that said, folks, download Pixel Sticks. It's a free app. You can get it on iOS, Android, and literally run around the city and just. 
push your phone to a button. And that's going to support your artists. That's going to support our community. And you're going to learn something new. Love it. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been very, very interesting. Wonderful conversation. Thanks for listening, St. Pete. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can catch all the fun conversations we will have with our local artists and business owners. Make sure you check out our guest info in the bio if you like what you heard today as well. We hope you all have a sunny day and remember to always stay super cool.